Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. It is time to uh, talk some uh, medical uh, news. Uh, we uh, welcome back to the program this week, Dr. Jeremy Silver, who is the medical director of emergency medicine, Northwestern's uh, Kishwaukee Hospital in DeKalb. Dr. Silver, welcome back. Very nice to have you back on the show with us this week. Good to be back, Dean. Thanks for having me. We had such a nice reaction to you being on with us uh, last week. So many people uh, called in, texted, emailed how much they enjoyed your uh, your visit on the show. So we're happy that uh, you could join us again. And we wanted to focus this week a little bit on heart health. February is uh, National Heart Month. Uh, how, is uh, heart disease still the number one killer uh, in America? It's, it's, it's the leading cause of death uh, for, for men, women, uh, adults, of course, uh, and most people of most racial and ethnic groups in the U.S. Uh, every 33 seconds, uh, someone dies from cardiovascular disease or heart disease. And every year, uh, somewhere around 700,000 people die from heart disease. That's like the population of Boston just uh, erasing from the map. So it's a significant um, issue. Um, and it's also a, a significant financial cost is associated with this billions, hundreds of billions of dollars every year um, dedicated to uh, the cost of, of uh, the illness. So um, it's, it's a lot of opportunity here to uh, to make a difference and something that's uh, pretty important. Are men more uh, susceptible to heart disease than women? Uh, men and women are equally susceptible. I think, you know, in the in the the prior uh, iteration of, of medicine, uh, let's say in the 20th century, um, classically we thought that that men were uh, kind of special in this regard. But we're, we're learning more and more about women. Where we actually miss, unfortunately, um, we miss a significant amount of uh, illness in women because of that uh, kind of inherent bias. Um, but I, I'm not aware of, of evidence to suggest that men are more susceptible. Um, there's certain different risk factors for different groups. Um, and, uh, and, and so I think it's important that we all stay, stay apprised of, of the knowledge and education that's out there and, and that people understand that it can happen to any of us. Yeah. So uh, everybody listen up uh, while we talk about this a little bit. You talked about the risk factors. What are the biggest risk, risk factors for men and women? Well, I think, you know, none of us can escape uh, our genes. <laughs> so um, my, my father, who was a former emergency medicine physician, used to say, you can never escape the genetic vortex. Uh, and, and so I kind of laugh about that, but it's very true. So I think genes play an, an incredibly important role. Uh, but, but so does this lifestyle. Uh, and so uh, things like smoking, um, and as we're learning more about alcohol, uh, that, that could play a significant role. Um, but also diet is, is hugely important. And then other, other diseases of the cardiovascular system, such as high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, kidney disease, uh, all of these, uh, these medical problems kind of play into heart health. They're all tied together because the heart is tied to all of those organs uh, through the vascular system or through the arteries. Uh, so there's, there's a variety of, 
modifiable risk factors, and then there are some areas that that it's harder to have an impact on in terms of your genetics. Yeah, they're just uh, that's what you're born with. So you you know take care of what you can take care of. You know the genetics uh, you deal with the as best uh, that you can. Uh, so so where do we start with this? I mean, is it is diet uh, you think the biggest uh, impact on this? People being overweight. Well, cer- certainly um, ha- having obesity uh, raises the risk for 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 disease of the heart, um, and and being sedentary uh, is actually significantly important, um, and may may actually in the long run be more important than having a few extra pounds. Um, but simply uh, sitting at your desk, we know that that folks that sit for a living are have a higher risk. So if you if you sit at your desk all day long uh, versus somebody who's active. Uh, uh, say somebody who's walking around for their job, you're, you're automatically at a higher risk for uh, for this disease. Um, so, so, so absolutely, lifestyle plays a huge part. Uh, diet um, is also a, a very important piece of this. Uh, and so, diets that are heavy in, in saturated fats, um, and, and uh, certainly we know that red meat, um, when eaten in excess, um, raises the risk of heart disease. Um, processed foods. So, so foods that uh, fast food, for instance, or food that you microwave out of a box that you get frozen in the, the supermarket aisle, uh, those foods tend to raise uh, inflammation in the body uh, and tend to increase the risk of disease to the, the arteries of the body uh, and the heart. Uh, so we, we try to emphasize the importance of, of uh, cooking your own meals, um, eating a diet that's rich in fruit, vegetables, and nuts, uh, and if you're going to eat meat, which is perfectly fine, uh, try to make most of the meat you eat uh, lean meat, uh, white meat like poultry or, or pork or certainly fish. Okay. Now, you, you talk about uh, a sedentary lifestyle and trying to be active. Do you buy into the you must uh, you know do X number of steps uh, per day? That seems to be super popular where people's phones or their watches or you know some kind of pedometer is measuring the number of steps people take per day. Is, is that a good way of uh, measuring how active you should be, or do you like something else? I think it's great to quantify um, and set goals. And, and if uh, having a pedometer um, or, or a smartwatch or, or device to kind of help, help you keep track of that, it, it helps get you out of the house or up and around, then I think that's wonderful. I, I don't know that the, the data is... Uh, points to any one particular number, you know, number of steps or uh, number of minutes per day or uh, amount of output. I just think it, in general, my reading of the literature is the more you can be active and certainly walking every day is a great um, accessible means of being active. Everybody can walk if, if you're able to use your legs. Um, and that's uh, that's a great place to start. So um, I don't have a, I, I don't tell my patients any, any particular number. I just uh, try to encourage uh, more is better. Uh, about how much physical activity per day, uh, you know, and I'm talking about just, you know, walking. Is the, is the point to raise uh, the, uh, the, the heartbeat level uh, to a certain point? I mean, is that what you're trying to accomplish uh, with the uh, increased physical activity? Sure. So aerobic activity where your, where your heart rate is increased, uh, and, and you're moving those those oxygen molecules around the body. Um, we know that 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 improves heart health. Uh, I think if we if we started with a, a number of 30 minutes 
um, per day, that that's probably a, a good place to start at. Um, but even 15 or 20 minutes of, of um, activity where your heart rate is increased and maybe you're starting to get little beads of sweat on your forehead, um, maybe your, your respiratory rate is up a little bit. Even just 15 minutes um, of aerobic activity is, is found to be effective. Um, so, you know, 30 minutes of walking or 15 minutes of aerobic activity, I think is, is reasonable. Yeah, you know, that's what my doctor has told me. I, I told my doctor, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I, you know, I don't have time. And, you know, the doctor uh, said to me is uh, you you have to find 15 to 30 minutes, uh, you know, just to do it. You don't have 15 minutes in a day to go do this someplace, Uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, ultimately has said you you can't afford to not do this. You know, you that you are at that age where you you really need to do it. So it's something that uh, I think a lot of us need to take a lot more seriously. I. I agree with you, Dean, and I agree with your position. I think in the, in the medical field, we, uh, we we like to think about this as an investment in your future. Uh, so the same way that you put money in the stock market and watch it grow over time, um, and, and the stock market goes up and down, and so, so do our exercise patterns. Uh, you know, in, around the holidays, we tend to be uh, spending time with family and, and maybe uh, pushing the sweets and, and things of that nature, and then January rolls around and we recommit ourselves. Um, and that that variation is, is totally normal. It's part of the human experience. Um, but but overall, uh, making a commitment to invest in yourself is going to is going to pay dividends. Um, whether it's quickly jumping on the exercise bike for five minutes, um, or doing some yoga, or or grabbing a neighbor or your partner and and taking a walk, uh, whatever whatever that means to you, anything is better than nothing. Yep, that's exactly. You you may as well have taken the words right out of my my physician's mouth. Uh, I I think all you people must talk to each other. <laughs> we we called each other before I uh, I called in today. Dude. Yes, yes, apparently, <laughs> apparently I'm feeling very guilty right now. <laughs> uh, what about all these uh, weight loss medicines that are uh, out there now? These injectables that people are taking the Ozempics and Mongeros, and I, f- I forget the name of them all, it seems to be uh, doing a, a fairly good job with uh, weight loss. Are you uh, a fan of those? Well, I think uh, you have to be careful um, about jumping on the bandwagon with, with new uh, medicine. Um, I will say that the, the data out of the trials that led to these drugs kind of coming into uh, popular culture looks really, really good, particularly for people with diabetes. Um, these drugs are going to be uh, life-saving for, for that segment of the population. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but when it comes to, to folks that are using the drugs simply for weight loss, I'm not sure that the jury's out yet on um, what the potential other side effects may be. Um, so there's very obvious physical changes and and some of those are quite pleasing to folks you you lose uh kind of that that double chin that you're trying to get rid of or maybe a little bit of uh, girth around the waist and and that that feels good when you look in the mirror and and you see a a healthier looking person looking back at you there's nothing wrong with feeling good about that um but but these drugs do carry with them some side effects and um, a lot of GI side effects, um, meaning the side effects of the gut, uh, so the cramping, abdominal pain, gas, et cetera. Um, but I also think, you know, down the line, five, ten years from now, we'll have a better sense of kind of what the overall impact is going to be. 
So uh, I would just say, you know, I think cautiously optimistic, but also tincture of time will, will tell us more. Yeah. What about, uh, I, I, I want to uh, uh, open up the phone line and the text line for Dr. Jeremy Silver. Uh, if you have uh, questions, if you have comments, 312-981-7200 uh, to get some of your medical questions uh, answered. But I wanted to talk a little bit more, go back to uh, American Heart Month and talk about uh, some of the, the testing uh, that people uh, have available to them to see what shape their heart is in right now. I've always uh, you know, heard about stress tests and you get on the treadmill and you're all wired up and you know, you go through uh, all of that stuff. I've done that uh, several times. Is that still the, the, the best and greatest way of measuring uh, your heart health? Sure. I, I think uh, just to take a step back, Dean, and, and say, you know, just to remind folks that the heart is the pump that pumps blood around the body. Uh, and that blood, uh, the, the whole uh, reason for being of blood is that it carries oxygen that you breathe into all the organs in your body and, and helps them function. And so when that pump uh, becomes dysfunctional, uh, then your oxygen delivery becomes dysfunctional and your, your, all of your organs can suffer. Uh, so it's absolutely critical to hold body health and longevity uh, that the heart is able to function. And so there's a variety of um, ways of, of looking at that function, uh, one of which is, is certainly symptoms. So if you're uh, doing your daily jog and uh, you're having chest pain, that, that would be a red flag that you need to go and get looked at. And so I would start with the most basic of tests, and how do you feel? Um, on the other hand, if you get on your bike and you, you go for a 40-mile bike ride and come home and feel great, that's a great stress test right there. Um, so, so I think um, starting with the, the most basic of things is, is how do you feel when you're active? And if you're feeling lousy when you're active, then please see, see your, your uh, provider, your physician, or nurse practitioner. Um, in terms of the, the uh, tests that we can provide, there's, there's a variety of different tests. But as you mentioned, the walking treadmill test. For folks that can't, can't do that, maybe they have bad knees or hips or, um, or, or for, some, for some other reason are able to tolerate that, there's uh, nuclear imaging that we do where uh, the person can sit and a drug is injected into the bloodstream that mimics uh, activity and gets the heart rate pumping. And then uh, pictures are taken of the heart and you can see if, if areas of the heart aren't, aren't uh, functioning normally in that regard. There's a variety of other tests that are now available. There's something called a coronary calcium score, uh, which is a CT uh, scan. Uh, so the, the, the heart is essentially, uh, you take pictures of the heart and look at the coronary arteries and measure, radiologists measure the calcium uh, uh, deposits and they can, they can sort of generate a risk score based on that. Um, and, and certainly uh, other tests such as cardiac MRI are available for certain types of conditions. Uh, so there's, there's, there's truly a, a wide, wide array of tests, different, different tests for different folks, depending on what the the uh, cardiologist thinks would be most appropriate. 708 area code says my family is loaded with a history of heart bypasses and widow makers. Uh, how hereditary is heart disease? Uh, extremely. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that person um, reached out. Uh, my, my first response would be that I, I hope that you have a, a primary care physician that you've spoken about this with. Uh, and if you don't have one, uh, I would encourage you to 
to reach out and, and try and identify one if, if you have health insurance to your health insurance plan. Um, but uh, but it, it is hereditary, and when you, when you hear that, um, that that perks my ears up as an ER doctor. If, if that person came in to see me in the emergency room, I'd, I'd immediately uh, ratchet up their risk in the back of my mind to a, to a much higher level. Um, that being said, um, that's only one part of the, the, the picture, so you have to gather more data. Um, but, it, but it definitely plays a huge, huge role. In talking about uh, the Widowmaker, are, are those, um, uh, I, I guess you might say, congenital uh, conditions of the heart that you were talking about before, uh, things which are uh, you're just born with, uh, you know, a certain condition of the heart and maybe the, the, the history of your family's heart health. Uh, those those are things that are, you know, just uh, are the way that they are. And uh, you just have to kind of keep an eye on them. These conditions where you could have a heart attack that would kill you instantly. Yeah. So the the widow maker or the widow widower maker uh, is is uh, they're referring to a a heart attack uh, that is lethal, um, where the uh, main artery uh, of the heart um, is uh, fills fills with plaque, uh, becomes inflamed. Uh, Plaque would be kind of fatty deposits, cholesterol deposits building up and becoming hardened, and over time uh, blocking the flow of blood and, and leading to a, what we call a heart attack, that, that being the, um, the death of heart muscle due to lack of blood flow to that area. Uh, and uh, that left anterior descending artery, or the quote-unquote widowmaker artery, um, that, that supplies significant flow of blood to that chamber of the heart that does a, a majority of the pumping, the left ventricle. Um, that's the, the part of the heart that the part of the heart muscle that pumps out blood to the rest of the body. Um, and so, uh, so certainly that, that's a, that's a concerning, um, history and, and something we all want to avoid. That being said, um, there's, there are lots of new drugs available and, 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 um, and advances in drug manufacturing that are um, coming out every day, uh, it seems, that are going to help th- those folks reduce their risk. So there's, it's not uh, it's not the end of the world. It's certainly not a guaranteed uh, outcome, um, that being the widowmaker. Um, but I think I would want to pursue those therapies if that were my family. Yeah, 630 area code writes uh, on a text. Uh, I, I sometimes feel like my heart is skipping a beat, and at other times... The beat of my heart goes very, very quickly. Uh, is this dangerous? Uh, it certainly can be. Um, that that would fall into the category of uh, a problem with the electrical system of the heart. Um, so, as we mentioned before, the heart's a pump, um, and the heart is a four-chambered muscle. Essentially, it's a highly specialized muscle, unlike any other in the body. Um, and it's susceptible to hormones and can actually remodel itself under certain conditions. So it's, it's quite a unique structure. Um, but it also has an electrical system um, that that'll, that enables the uh, the heart muscle cells to contract in synchronicity. Um, it's, it's it's really a miracle of of, uh, of the human body. And so sometimes that electrical system um, either can become damaged over time as we age or. Uh, there are certain anomalies uh, genetically that predispose certain folks to, as they, this uh, person mentioned, skip beats or extra beats or fast beats. And many of those, what we call arrhythmias, um, meaning an abnormal rhythm of the heart, 
are, are, are totally benign. They're, they're not, they're not harmful. They just are, they're annoying um, and disconcerting. It doesn't feel good to have that normal rhythm disrupted. Um, but what I will say is that that uh, can't be diagnosed over the phone. Unfortunately, I would strongly encourage that individual to see their doctor. And if, if uh, you know, if, if they felt it was important to get a referral to a cardiologist and certainly um, if it becomes a problem, we're happy to see that individual in the emergency sure. room. Of course. Uh, is that uh, is this a condition under which someone might be a candidate for a pacemaker to regulate the beat of their heart? Sure. Good, good question. So so these arrhythmias, again, the, the, the rhythm of the heart is typically a lub-dub, 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 a, a very stable, consistent, steady rhythm. Um, but for some folks, that, that that becomes disrupted. It either it become it can become irregular, um, or it can become too fast, or it can be too slow, um, or sometimes both fast and then slow. Um, so there's a variety of permutations. It's not just kind of one condition, but many. Uh, and so if if there is um, a problem, either with the heart, generally with the heart beating too slow, um, then yes, pacemaker can absolutely fix that. And sometimes in folks where the uh, the rhythm becomes too fast or too irregular, um, cardiologists will actually go in and zap uh, that area that's uh, that's the culprit, um, and then just completely uh, make the person pacemaker dependent, and that fixes the problem. Um, so there's a lot of different uh, solutions depending on what the issue may be for that individual. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the technology is absolutely amazing. At age 94. My mom had a heart valve replacement, and if anyone prior to that would have told me that uh, heart valve surgery on a 94-year-old woman would have been appropriate, I would have said that they're nuts, but uh, it, it, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing how it uh, corrected so many of the problems that she had. So uh, bottom line is, check with your own uh, physicians on this. This is a good month to do it, National Heart Month. Dr. Jeremy Silver, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show today. The uh, Medical Director of Emergency Medicine, Northwestern's Kishwaukee Hospital in DeKalb. Doctor, I hope you have a great Sunday today. Thank you so much. 